God can use something in every circumstance if our attitude is right. Seven seven five nine. Winning with attitude. Thank you for joining Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the word. We welcome all of you joining us by television, and those of you joining us online at brothersoftheword.com, Facebook Live. Delighted to have you to tune in to today's service to join us. Well, we'd like to share just a little humor. A pastor decided to skip church one Sunday morning to play golf. And he told his assistant he wasn't feeling well, and he drove to another city where no one would know him. He teed off on the first hole, and suddenly the wind picked up his ball and carried it an extra 100 yards and blew it right into the hole for a 420-yard hole-in-one. An angel looked at God and said, why did you do that? God smiled and said, who's he going to (laughs) tell? Well, I want to look at a particular passage over in the book of Philippians, over in the book of Philippians, the book of Philippians chapter 1, the book of Philippians chapter 1. The book of Philippians chapter 1, I want to talk from the subject, Winning with Attitude. Winning with Attitude. Winning with Attitude. Winning with Attitude. And that sort of has a twofold meaning. Winners sometimes have a certain attitude because they are winners when they win. And also, it is our attitude that causes us to win in life. Winning with attitude. And here in chapter 1 of Philippians, the first 11 verses, the first 11 verses, and we won't take time to read through those, uh, but we'll read some other passages in Philippians a little later on. But in Philippians chapter 1, in, in this opening greeting that he makes here in Philippians chapter 1, The Apostle Paul is, he's a masterful leader. He's a masterful leader. And I had never really paid this any attention until I took a look at this account. And I noticed something about his leadership style. Noticed something about his leadership style. But I noticed in the first 11 verses here in Philippians 1, Paul opened by showing appreciation. So Paul appreciated people. Paul knew how to win with people. He knew how to win with people. And this is part of having a winner's attitude. He knew how to win with people. He appreciated people. So he opens up by just pouring out his heart, letting them know how much he appreciated them for being a part of the ministry and being a part of the gospel and being a part of his life's work. And he appreciated them. Then he encouraged them. He encouraged them. He encouraged them. He cared about them. He cared about them. He cared about them. Then he prayed for them. He prayed for them. Then he believed in them. He believed in them. He shared his hope for them. He shared his hope for them. 
Then he inspired them. He inspired them. Then he wanted the best for them. He wanted them to live up to their highest potential. He wanted them to develop, to blossom, to grow. He wanted them to do great things in life. He wanted them to fully mature in the things of God and in the things of the ministry. So he wanted the best for them. So I noticed that he really knew how to win with people. Paul knew how to win with people by just doing those things he opens up with in the first 11 verses. And I said, wow, he was a masterful leader. Paul was a masterful leader. And so we can learn several leadership tips, traits from the great apostle Paul. He knew how to win with people. He knew how to bring out the best in others. And best, if I use it as an acronym, B-E-S-T, he knew how to bring out the best in others. The B is believe. He believed in others. The E is encourage. He encouraged others. The S is share. He shared with others. And the T is trust. He trusted others. And so he knew how to bring out the best in others. And that caused him to win with others. He knew how to give people the triple A treatment. The triple A treatment. The triple A treatment is attention, affirmation, and appreciation. Attention. People love attention. People love to be affirmed. He gave them attention. He gave them affirmation. He affirmed them. And then he gave them appreciation. He let them know how much he appreciated them and cared for them. Everybody loves to be appreciated. Everybody loves to be appreciated. That was a man. He opened his front door. And as soon as he opened his front door, there was a little dog there that had brought his morning paper. He had dropped it at his doorstep. And the man was just so amazed over the little cute dog that had done such a wonderful deed. He said, stay right here. I'm going to get you a treat. He went to the kitchen and got him a treat and brought it back. He said, thank you, little dog, for bringing my paper. That little dog ate his little treat. And so the next morning when the man opened the door, the dog had not only brought his paper, but he brought five of his neighbor's papers as well. (laughs) Everybody loves to be appreciated. And so when you give people attention... When you affirm them, when you appreciate them, you win with people. Give people the triple A treatment. So Paul gave them the triple A treatment. He gave them the triple A treatment. He also gave them the 60 second rule. The 60 second rule is whenever you meet someone for the first 60 seconds, you spend all of that time complimenting them. You find something good about them. You talk about them. You encourage them. You build them up, whether it's a color they're wearing or their hair or You find something distinguishable about them and you just praise them and appreciate them and compliment them. You spend the first 60 seconds of your meeting trying to come up with something and you spend that time. That's called the 60-second rule. So Paul used the 60-second rule. You notice that he opened all of his letters doing that, the 60-second rule. And then there's the 101 principle. The 101 principle is you find one thing and you pour 100% into complimenting and recognizing that about a person. Find one thing that they're doing right, one thing that they're doing good, and you pour 100% of your effort into complimenting and praising and appreciating them. And so I was just really surprised when I saw the leadership principles that we know today. And I saw, wow, Paul was incorporating these leadership 
principles way back then. So these are timeless leadership principles. If you want to win with people, if you want to have a winning attitude, you want to win with attitude, then you have to bring out the best in others. You have to bring out the best in others. There are two kinds of people. There are people who are lifters and there are people who are leaners. Everybody say lifter and leaners. And you have to determine and decide, do I want to be a lifter or do I want to be a leaner? But lifters are people that they lift other people up. They add value to other people. They encourage them, inspire them, bring out the best in them. And leaners do exactly the opposite. They drain you. (laughs) They bring you down. And so those are the only two types of people. I was reading something that said, those are the only two kind of people, lifters or leaners. Only two types of people in the world, lifters or leaners. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm a lifter. I'm a lifter. I'm a lifter. I'm a lifter. Turn back and say, well, I may lean on you, but I am a lifter. (laughs) So we have to be lifters. We have to be lifters. Now, here's something else I found here in the book of Philippians, is that Paul understood the importance of being an example, the importance of being an example. He was an example for them with his attitude. He had a winning attitude and he used it to be an example for the other believers. He used his attitude to be an example for the other believers. So he modeled a winning attitude. He modeled a winning attitude. Let me show you a couple of scriptures just to prove what I'm talking about. Look at Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 17. Philippians chapter 3 verse 17. I want you to notice Notice how he models, he models certain things for them. Notice what it says, Philippians chapter 3, verse 17. Brethren, be followers together of me and mark them which walk so as ye have us for an example or an example. So notice that he models certain things for people. He was an example. He was an example. Also look at chapter 4, verse 9. He says it again. Chapter 4, verse 9, he says, Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me. Notice that. These are things you have seen in me. Do them. Do those things. Do those things. So he was very determined and he, on purpose, he gave concerted effort to make sure that his life was always an example. Words are fuzzy, but examples are always clear. Words are fuzzy, but examples are always clear. And so he modeled certain things. He modeled certain things. He always lived by examples. The world is changed by your example. The world is changed by your Example. The world is changed by your examples. Leaders know the way. Leaders go the way. Leaders show the way. So leaders always live by example. Leaders always live by example. I like something that John Wooden said. He said, the most powerful leadership tool you have is your own personal example. Your own personal example is the most powerful leadership tool that you have. Is the way you live inspiring anyone by your example? The example of the way you live, is anyone inspired by anything in your life? Is your life an example that inspires anyone in life? 
Paul lived by example. So he had a winning attitude. He lived by example. And this attitude that he had was so powerful. He wrote here, this was perhaps the happiest section of the whole Bible is the book of Philippians. It's the happiest letter in the whole Bible. But he wrote it under the most tense of circumstances. He wrote it in the most difficult of circumstances, but yet it's the happiest letter in the whole Bible. It's the happiest section in the whole Bible is the book of Philippians. And he was modeling an attitude. He was modeling an attitude. In the worst of situations, he writes the happiest of letters. In the worst circumstances, in the worst of times, he writes the happiest of exhortation. It's the happiest and it's the most encouraging letter which he wrote in the most unhappiest of circumstances and events in the most discouraging time. But that was his attitude. He was giving and living by an example. That was the attitude. He was being an example of this winning attitude. He was being an example. He was being an example. He was being an example. I remember my old pastor, Dr. William Home Borders Sr., and in his senior years, he was probably up into his 80s at this time, probably in his mid-80s, and he was on program to pray at this service. And when he got up, he gave some remarks, and he sat down. He had forgotten to pray. And somebody said, Dr. Borders, you forgot to pray. He yelled out. He said, you're looking at a prayer. <laughs> you're looking at a prayer. And so he was saying, let my life be a prayer. Let my example be a prayer. Let something that I have done in my life, let that touch your heart. Let that motivate you. And so he was saying, let your life be a prayer. Let your life be an example. And so that's what the Apostle Paul was doing. He was allowing his life to be an example. And so he wrote the happiest letter in the most difficult of circumstances in the whole Bible. He wrote this in prison, right? As he was standing in the sewage system of that day, and he writes the most encouraging, the happiest of letters right in the worst of circumstances. And it reminds us that, you know, we can't control everything that happens to us, but we can control how we respond. We can control how we respond. We do have a choice in our outlook and approach to life. We do have a choice in our outlook and approach to life. Our attitude shapes who we are. It shapes who we are and how we live our lives. Our attitude shapes who we are and how we live our lives. Think of all the jobs that have been lost because of a bad attitude. Think of all the promotions that have been missed because of a bad attitude. Think of all the marriages that have failed because of simply just a bad attitude, to be honest with you. If only couples who would have just made a little adjustment in their attitude. If only employees would have made just a little adjustment in their attitude. Attitude is so powerful in all of our lives. I remember a young man was, he actually worked for a very distinguished gentleman and he had lost his job. And when he lost his job, instead of being bitter, he went in, he went in to his boss and he said, he said, sir, I know I've been dismissed, but I just wanted to thank you for the opportunity to be here for the time that I was here. And he said, if you don't mind, as I prepare to go to my next place of employment to look for a job and my next place of employment, if you don't mind sharing with me the things that I can do to improve 
so that I won't be terminated again? What can I do to develop myself? What can I do? What changes can I make to become a more excellent employee? And his boss, who had terminated him, he was so taken back by the attitude that he rehired him. Attitude is a powerful tool. It's a powerful tool. It's a powerful tool. Attitude affects our approach to life, our outlook on life. It shapes who we are in life. Someone said that pain is inevitable, but misery is optional. Pain is inevitable, but misery is optional. And I wonder if the Apostle Paul was here today, what would he say to us from Philippians? And this is what I believe he would say to us. I believe he would say, things happen. That's life. Don't get all bent out of shape. Roll with the punches. Take life in stride. And don't let things get you down so easily. I believe that's what Paul would say to us if he was here today just based on the book of Philippians. Things happen in life. Things happen in life. Don't get all bent out of shape. Roll with the punches. Take life in stride. Don't let things get you down so easily. We all have attitude tests. We all have attitude tests every day. You have an attitude test. Whether it be some type of difficult situation or dealing with difficult people, some kind of difficult circumstance, or whether it's some type of inconvenience or delay or disappointment or some type of problem. Every day, I believe we're all tested. We're all given an attitude test every day. And you have to learn to roll with the punches. Someone said that the only difference between a good day and a bad day is your attitude. Your attitude determines whether the day is good or bad, simply your attitude. That was an elderly woman. She was about 92 years old, and her husband had passed. They had been married for 70 years. So she was legally blind, and so she had no choice but to um, go live at a nursing home. And so as she was in the nursing home and her room was finally ready. An attendant was walking her to her room. And the attendant began describing her room to her as they were walking down the corridor. And he described the details of the room. And she said, oh, it is so beautiful. I love it. And the attendant said, but you haven't seen it yet. She said, that doesn't matter. She said, that doesn't have anything to do with it. She said, happiness is something you decide on ahead of time. Whether I like my room or not doesn't depend on how the furniture is arranged. It depends on how my mind is arranged. That's the attitude. Our attitude determines our approach to life, our outlook on life, having a winning attitude, having a winning attitude. I wish we had time to read, but in Philippians chapter 1, in that very first chapter, The Apostle Paul, he was in prison, and so he was conveying the experience of being in prison, but he does it from a very positive standpoint. And he was writing to say, don't feel sorry for me. He said, I'm having the time of my life. I'm actually having the time of my life. He said, since I've been here, they are chaining two guards to me, and they are swapping the rotation out every four hours. And so he says... 12 new guards a day are coming in here being chained to me. And he said, I'm having the time of my life because I'm sharing the gospel with them. And he said, I'm getting 12 people born again every day. I'm sharing the gospel. And so he took what looked like a negative situation and he began to share a positive outcome. He had a positive life stance. Always have a positive life stance. 
Always have a positive life stance. When you play golf, your stance is very important. In life, your stance is very important. Always be determined to have a positive life stance. Always have a positive life stance. Paul's life stance was so positive, he found out one secret to having a winning attitude is to always look for the good in every circumstance. Always look for the good. Always find something good, no matter how bad things are. Always find something good. Always look for the good. Turn your name and say, always look for the good. Always look for the good. There's always something good. There's always something good. And he realized, and what we learn here, is that God can use something in every circumstance if our attitude is right. God can use something in every circumstance if our attitude is right. No experience that you have in life is ever wasted if you have a right attitude. God can use every experience. Now, Paul could have been angry. He could have been bent out of shape. You know, he could have been fussing. He could have been suing the system for wrongly imprisoning him. He could have been talking about the man. He could have been going on and on, you know, Lord, I'm serving you, and here I am chained and in stocks, and here I am in this dungeon. He could have been complaining. He could have been murmuring. But, you know, he was excited. He was excited. He was having the time of his life. And he said, not only am I getting people born again, the gospel is spreading out of the prison and is going into Caesar's palace. So it was even spreading into Caesar's palace. And on top of that, other believers who were watching Paul, they became inspired and they no longer were fearful. So they became more bold in their faith after they saw how Paul was acting in his faith. And so he started looking at the bright side and he started inspiring others. And he was just having the time of his life when the situation looked so dire. But there's always something God can use in every circumstance if our attitude is right. Always look for the good. Always look for the good in your circumstance. Always look for the good in yourself. Always look for the good in others. And I'm closing with this, but in this, in chapter 1 here in Philippians, there were other people who tried to put a downer on Paul. And so they started mimicking him. They started imitating him imitating the way he was preaching, they start trying to insincerely imitate the way he was preaching Christ, trying to upset him and throw him off. But you know the way Paul took that? Paul said, you know what? He said, some people are preaching sincerely out of the love of their heart. He said, other people are actually trying to offend me and they're preaching Christ out of offense and you know, they're out of pretense and they're trying to imitate me. But you know what Paul said? He said, guess what? He said, nevertheless, Christ is being preached. Whether it's real or false, he said, anyway, they talking about Jesus. He said, they talking about Jesus. No matter what the motive is, he said, at least Jesus' name is being talked about. Whether they're in pretense or whether they're real. So Paul just had such a positive life stance. Nothing got him down nothing got him down nothing got him down and even in the book of Philippians he goes on you know he says I've learned how to be content in all circumstances that was his attitude nothing gets me down I learned how to be content in all circumstances of life was because of the way he had arranged his attitude and his spirit he didn't let other people bother him I read this quote and I'm done for the third time I'm done for the third time when I finish this quote I read this quote the other day it really blessed me it's talking about when others are trying to upset you. And it said this, don't let the worst in others get the best in you. 
Don't let the worst in others get the best in you. Don't let the worst in others get the best in you. Maintain a winning attitude. Those of you watching us by television, I want you to go to brothersoftheword.com. You can watch this message in its entirety absolutely free of charge. You can also email it to a friend. Thank you so much for joining us today at Brothers of the Word because, brother, you need the word. You are listening to brothersoftheword.com. This was the message titled Winning with Attitude by C. Elijah Bronner. This message is number 7759. That's 7759. To listen to over a thousand free messages or to send this message number 7759 to a friend, go to brothersoftheword.com. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to IWantToGive.com. That's IWantToGive.com. Listen to BrothersOfTheWord.com often because, brother, you need the word. Oh, brothers of the word.